Folks, I want to welcome you all to On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and uh, you're uh, listening to uh, Forward Radio. That's 106.5 FM, WFMP-LP, Louisville. We're broadcasting from the top of the Haven Building in Louisville, Kentucky. Again, uh, this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens, and I'm K.A. Owens, and we've got... uh, uh, a regular guest on our show, uh, Michael T. Michael T. is a, an actor, a writer, a playwright, an activist, social commentator. Welcome to our show, Michael. Thank you very much, I'm glad to be back, as always. So we're going to have, I think it's going to be interesting to some people who kind of follow uh, stand-up comedy and, and pop culture. We're going to talk about uh, Dave Chappelle, African-American stand-up comic, uh, and uh, a little bit about the baby, and uh, because Dave Chappelle is, uh, uh, of course, known for his brilliance in comedy, but also here of late, has been doing a lot of uh, gay bashing, bashing the LGBTQI community, in particular, focusing on trans individuals, uh, individuals who are transsexual. So he's been doing a lot of bashing of them on his show. And there's a lot of controversy. Uh, uh, that is, he had a Netflix special. He's got a multi-million-dollar contract with Netflix, which is uh, one of those uh, you have to subscribe to see it. Uh, so, uh, just as a note, uh, uh, I've been around for a while, and I've I've been around long enough to see Richard Pryor live. I've seen Eddie Murphy live. I mean, I've seen some great comics that have passed on, like Robin Harris, uh, seen uh, uh, T.K. Kirkland, uh, 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 a lot of uh, uh, stand-ups in their natural environment. Uh, Bobcat Goldwaith, when he was still doing comedy, the the late Sam Kinison. Uh, so I've seen a lot of authentic comics not just during doing what they do on uh, regular TV on their cable specials, but I've seen them live in the club. And once upon a time, I did a little open mic stand up myself right here in Louisville, uh, so I know what it's like to stand up on stage and and do uh, uh, comedy. Of course, I never got paid for it. I'll let that be the caveat. Uh, I never got paid to do comedy, but I know what it's like to stand up on stage. I've been in a lot of comedy clubs. And so, uh, just to set the set the stage, I remember when Eddie Murphy would get up on stage and do a half hour straight of gay bashing comedy, a half hour straight. And I uh, and the first time I heard him do it, I sat back in my seat and I said, Eddie, you're gonna get caught. You're gonna get caught. Sure enough, and you guys can Google this. He got pulled over in West Hollywood, California one night by the Los Angeles County Sheriff's. For those of you who don't know how L.A. is laid out, there's Hollywood, which is part of L.A. City. And then between Hollywood and Beverly Hills, there's an independent city called West Hollywood, which is policed by the county sheriffs, Los Angeles County Sheriff's. And so Eddie Murphy got pulled over by the county sheriffs, and he had a transsexual in the car with him. A transsexual in the car with him. A transsexual in the car with them. And then, interestingly enough, Eddie Murphy, uh, uh, you know, got up in front of the media and he apologized to his family. And I just wondered, what was he apologizing for? I mean, 
Because if you like riding around in the car in the middle of the night with transsexuals, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it. Now, what Eddie Murphy should have been apologizing for is standing up on stage and doing a half-hour straight of gay bashing comedy, knowing that at the same time, you like riding around in the car in the middle of the night with transsexuals. So, all that being said, uh, and you know, uh, ever since that time, Eddie Murphy has said nothing about the, uh, the GLBT community. He just, you know, kind of uh, has a lot of children, you know, because that proves that if you have a lot of kids and you marry a supermodel, that proves you're not, well, anyway. Uh, uh, so uh, so uh, all I'm saying is, uh, Dave Chappelle, we see you. Uh, the baby, we see you. All, we, all I'm going to do is sit back and wait. Now, as far as this uh, uh, cancel culture, Dave Chappelle says he's against cancel culture. Well, I believe the stand-up comics should be able to get out, get up there and say whatever they want to say, but if they say something that's really wrong, really egregious, they should be willing to take the punishment for it. Uh, uh, pay the price. If it's wrong, it's wrong. Uh, and some people need to be canceled. I mean, the coach of the uh, 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 Las, uh, Las Vegas Raiders just got uh, fired. Uh, he was white because he sent emails that were filled with racist, homophobic, and this, that, and the other. So, you know, um, sometimes people need to be canceled, if not permanently, uh, temporarily, because we have to have some kind of sanctions for people doing things that are wrong. But, uh, so, but in general, I believe that uh, the comics should be free, uh, in general, but I think it's really wrong for somebody from an oppressed group to get up on stage and attack another oppressed group and then act as if it's some sort of liberating civil rights activity. Like Dave Chappelle, I mean, he's acting as if, you know, uh, 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 you know, he represents black America. No, he doesn't represent black America, he just represents Dave Chappelle. And uh, not that there aren't elements of homophobia in, uh, in the, the black community, uh, but you have to understand where it comes from. And it doesn't, let me tell you where it doesn't come from. It doesn't come from the Bible, and it doesn't come from Africa. Uh, homophobia in the black community comes from essentially uh, two places. One, back on the plantation, uh, most people don't really want to note it, but the slave master had sex with the black men and the black little boys, as well as the black women. And... Uh, and of course, the white women on the plantation actually had sex with the, the black slave men and the black uh, slave females. But it's not talked about, uh, except by the very few. Uh, but, and so, there's that. And so, you can't really be a slave and be a man, because if you're a slave... And a uh, 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 boss, you know, tells you to come up to his room and, you know, drop your pants. You got kind of no choice in the matter. So uh, because you're a slave. And so uh, and if you're a coarse black female on the plantation and boss tells you to come up to his room and lift up your skirt, you've got no choice because you're a slave. So that's sort of de facto rape uh, because you can't say no. And then after slavery, that is, you have uh, black males who want to feel like men. 
as if they are men. Uh, so uh, and so and wanting to feel like men. Uh, 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 sometimes for some requires sort of a denial of uh, any uh, gay tendencies in oneself. Uh, or and to sort of uh, look down on that in the service of no pun intended of supporting uh, one's own manhood so that's where kind of homophobia comes from in in the black community sort of insecurity about manhood itself and as a residue of slavery where the black men and the black little boys were raped by the white slave masters day after day week after week month after month year after year so uh, Michael what, what's your take on this whole Dave Chappelle controversy? Well, as with most controversies, uh, I do have a particular take on it. And I'm going to say this for the listening audience, that, you know, like everything, um, it's a moving picture, not a static picture. And, uh, and I think that's the way we have to approach life itself, that, you know, things are constantly changing and our minds are constantly changing. And um, having said that, uh, I just want to uh, invoke an old Ohio player's uh, tune, one of my favorites that speaks to my approach to life, uh, a song called Contradiction. You might remember that. came out in the 70s. Uh, and uh, they talk about how that's what life is all about. And, uh, I think this issue is part and parcel of that. And I do appreciate, I want to say also, uh, you uh, bringing up the whole question of, you know, how much of this is, especially in America, much of uh, many of these controversies, social controversies, are rooted in the enslavement process. But I think um, the framing of these issues are very important, and the way I frame this issue uh, in the context of uh, what I think are the three most important uh, phenomena of our era, uh, that's uh, capitalism, white supremacy, and patriarchy, and how they intersect, um, uh, along with the... Um, they connected to that, the role of comedy and comedians in the modern era. And uh, uh, I want to start first with the, the, the first three, the capitalism, white supremacy, and patriarchy. I think um, we have to, um, first and foremost, you know, look at this uh, from a political economic, uh, well, specifically economic uh, standpoint that, you know, these, these commercial entities such as Netflix thrive on capitalizing on controversy. They could uh, give a could give a rat's breath about clarifying or illuminating or resolving any of this stuff, you know, but they learned a long time ago that any type of controversy can be very productive. And um, when you look at the whole world of um, white supremacy we have to, you know, look at um, how, you know, the, um, that is an issue that is not so much about an individual, Dave Chappelle or anybody else, as it is a 
like capitalism itself, but it's a social system, you know, um, that, um, and I think what, one of the things that was overlooked in the, uh, the Netflix, uh, 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 controversy is, um, how there's a tendency to, you know, individualize this, make this all about Dave Chappelle or some other individual when we're talking about, um, a social system that, of, of, of white supremacy. That, um, if anyone watched the, the Netflix, uh, presentation, Dave Chappelle dealt with that in so many ways, and it, it, it uh, surprises me, well, it doesn't surprise me, how no one wanted to focus on the critique that he made and continues to make, like any of our great black comedians, of the, um, the, the whole role of uh, white supremacy, and he was trying to point out, at least what I discern, is how the system um, deals with the LGBTQ community versus the black liberation movement in the black community. And, you know, all the critiques I've seen overlook everything he said about uh, the, the black liberation movement and the struggle of black people, which I think is not lost on a lot of black people. I mean, we've had, like you mentioned, uh, um, Sam Kinison. I mean, um, this guy was very raunchy and, you know, um, pretty reactionary, but, um, you know, there wasn't as much uh, consternation about his comedy. George Carlin, for instance, uh, one of my favorite comedians, I think one of the greatest comedians of all time, a lot of his comedy was rife with patriarchy and a bunch of other uh, negative things, uh, along with some very profound insights into human life. But, um, you know, um, it didn't seem to be as controversial as Dave Chappelle and some of the other black comedians are. And, um, and uh, neither one of them, and this is a major point in my view, are asked to speak for the white community. It's almost as like any black person has to be a spokesperson for the black community, whether they want to or not. And we have to recognize that you know, they are not black leaders. And that kind of gets confusing because the, um, we have such a dearth of, I think, genuine black leadership, especially since, uh, you know, the death of, of King and Malcolm X and some of the leaders uh, we had 40, 50 years ago. Um, and in that gap and in that void, it's almost like anybody will do. Any black person will do. Anybody who black person who, who gets into the limelight has to speak for all of us. Uh, a rule that is not required for anyone else. And I think that's a real travesty. Um, now, having said all of that, you know, I think that the, uh, you know, the, uh, Dave Chappelle has and did express a lot of transphobic ideas. He, re he reflected a lot of the transphobia that is rampant in the society among all cultures, which we can't deny. And I'm not for any type of, um, of, um, of, uh, of making excuses for that. You know, it's like people would, you know, who will make um, racist comments. They 
there should be no excusing that because these are serious and, as I said earlier, fundamental uh, problems and contradictions. But this goes into um, what I said earlier about the role of comedians. Now, I will be the first to admit, um, as an artist, I'm um, somewhat subjective and biased on this, but I do think in the modern era, uh, comedians, for any number of reasons, um, um, have a, uh, they, they play a role, they function as the mirrors of society. Unfortunately, so many of our other uh, social disciplines, you know, like psychology and even politics and definitely sociology, you know, refuse to deal with some of the, you know, taboo topics. Uh, they'll deal with almost everything else and, you know, and, and I'll float above the surface on things. But to get, as we used to say, into the real nitty-gritty, we have to look to comedians to do that. Now, people could say, well, that's kind of crazy, but that's what it is. And they have tremendous influence. You know, it's just like rap. Uh, um, I remember Chuck D saying that rap was like the CNN of uh, the, uh, the, the society. Um, and I, I would say that's that held true pretty much until the advent of uh, gangster rap. But, you know, when the rap first came on the scene, it was pretty much a mirror of the society uh, telling us, like all good art does, exactly what's going on. In my view, that's the first mission of art. Before it proselytizes and moralizes and tells us what's right and wrong, we have to see exactly what's going on. We, there has to be a mirror put to the society showing all of this positivities and negativities. And I think that's what um, comedians do better, as I said, than any political movement or leader. And I think we have to you know, recognize that. Um, now, we talked earlier about the, you know, this whole cancel culture, and I find that to be a very dubious term, um, you, know, you know, in terms of what that exactly means. But I'll say this, I'm not for canceling any culture, even the most negative, racist, sexist um, stuff, because I think, again, in terms of, you know, resolving the contradictions within that, you first have to see them. And there's a tendency to, you know, pretend that we can resolve these things without looking clearly at it. Just like you raised the whole thing about sexuality, or sexual, I should say, sexual abuse during the era of slavery. No one wants to talk about how little kids and little boys and girls were abused by their slave masters. I mean, we know there was sexual abuse, but how often do you hear about the rapes of slave owners of their male slaves? You know, I don't hear, you know, I mean, I follow, you know, all of these social disciplines and I hear very little about that. You'll only hear about that, you know, perhaps in comedy. Um, but instead of canceling that or eliminating that, I think all of it should be brought to light and then we critique it. So rather than cancel culture, we need critical culture. And when we talk about critical culture, I'm talking about where we look at this stuff and then we analyze it 
in light of, you know, how it promotes progress or how it promotes regress. And another critical part of that is who is saying this? You know, it goes into the issues of power versus the powerless. I mean, there's one thing for, um, say, you know, uh, powerful white men to get up and, you know, make jokes about uh, patriarchy and uh, white supremacy versus the victims of that to be making jokes. Just like there's a difference between uh, me as a male using the B word and a woman using the B word or a white person using the N word and a black person using the N word. And I don't think, you know, all of that is all that difficult to understand if we're truly trying to understand this versus trying to scapegoat people and and, and offer very simplistic answers to complex problems. Yes, uh, so uh, as I've said, uh, Dave Chappelle, uh, baby, don't worry about being canceled. Worry about being caught. Eddie Murphy got caught. So, uh, uh, yeah, and you will be caught. I mean, that's the great thing about exposing all of this, first and foremost, because you know, if you're wrong, you know, it's like, you know, our grandmothers used to say, you know, uh, uh, perhaps it's a biblical statement, but, you know, what was in the dark will come to the light. And, you know, it's a funny thing that, you know, with the advent of commercial media, almost everything is coming to the light. You know, we remember, you know, both of us are old enough to remember, you know, when the, uh, the transgressions of politicians would never, you know, their sexual transgressions in their personal lives were never brought to the light. But with the advent of, uh, you know, standing mass global media, now your personal life can, can ruin you and bring you down. You know, it's not a uh, obscure type of thing. You know, who you are personally and your personal life is now you know, up for scrutiny. And overall, I think, you know, especially in the light of what patriarchy means and what white supremacy means and everything else, that's a good thing. I mean, for instance, you know, when you look at a figure like Thomas Jefferson, without illuminating these guys' personal lives, you can't really understand what they were doing, you know, in public politics, right? If you cut that off, you could actually come to the conclusion that because he said all men are created equal, uh, you know, he wrote the Declaration of Independence and all of this kind of stuff, and he was supposed to be an enlightened thinker, that somehow that trumps what he was doing on his plantation with his slaves, you know, and impregnating his slaves. You know, when you bring those subjects up, that puts his all his other commentary and his whole public life <laughs> into a new light, which only a person who wants to deny reality and is not at all interested in reconciling these uh, burning social contradictions will not want to be or have illuminated. You know, I mean, for instance, you know, and I know this might upset some people, you know, when we talk about Martin Luther King, 
you know, I mean, for all of his greatness, and he's, you know, one of the greatest persons um, I view in the whole history of humanity, but to, to cover up his sexual life and the fact that he was a philanderer, you know, something that's been brought out in movies, you know, has been well documented, is to me to miss out on an important social lesson and how that played into his demise. I mean, people, you know, really check into that, you know, how he died had something to do with that, you know, and, um, and there's a learning experience there. The learning doesn't come from overlooking it and canceling it. The learning comes from looking at these people as we should look at everything in the totality of their lives. Okay, this is who they are. Okay, now let's take this apart. What was good, what was bad? You know, what was the lean meat, what was the fat meat? You know, what lesson do we learn from that? What's the lesson specifically for men? You know, looking at how um, the uh, how your personal life, you know, if it's not right, can come back to haunt you and bite you in the butt. You know, look at uh, Clinton. Look at all these people. Um, and then, you know, again going back to the white supremacy. You know, why is it that whenever it's brought to light, uh, there's a tendency, you know, with some exceptions, to always make you know, play it up, you know, when it comes to people of color. You know, a guy like Trump, who represents all of the phenomenon I just uh, named, white supremacy, capitalism, patriarchy, he has, um, you know, he has, uh, what, uh, 75 million votes. He has a cult following. He may be president again. You know, for all of the patriarchy and all of the craziness and the white supremacy that he represents, that um, doesn't seem to be hurting him at all. And the key question is, why? That's a social question. You know, instead of harping on Dave Chappelle, you know, a mere comedian who doesn't pretend to be a politician, I don't think he's running for office. I don't think he has any real power outside of the, the influence he has through the media. You know, that's the big controversy right now. And we have a fascist patriarch, white supremacist, capitalist, you know, looming in on the horizon, who's about to have power again, you know, to drive the world to the brink of disaster, and here we are talking about Dave Chappelle. Well, the problem with Dave is that, the problem with Dave is that if there was any hint of truth or value in his message... He simply tromped on his own message by punching down at another oppressed group. That is if so he actually Trump he actually he should be excused for doing that, even though he doesn't have as much power as Trump or some of the others. But he stomped on his own message. If if Dave Chappelle had anything worthwhile to say, he 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 tromped on it, he stepped on it himself. And that just has to be accepted. Say that he mumbled his message and he distracted from his message, but I don't think if you're really looking at the totality of his message, again, if you looked at the Netflix presentation and all of the things he says, I mean, he doesn't bite his tongue about white supremacy. 
Oh, so that means we're supposed to excuse. Are we supposed to excuse Trump? Because when he talks about uh, the business community taking jobs overseas and all this kind of stuff. So, well, I'm saying, are we supposed to excuse Trump? Are we supposed to excuse Trump? I'm, you're saying that uh, we should excuse Trump uh, because he has a, a populist economic message. That's what you just said. No, I'm saying that the media, in many ways, not all of it, I mean some of the media. Michael, this is a great conversation, man. We come to the end, end of our time, but thank you so much, man. Michael T., folks, he brings it every time he comes. <laughs> so we really enjoy you, Mike. So, folks, you've been listening to On the Edge with K.A. Owens on WFMP-LP Louisville. Uh, Find out more about our station by going to forwardradio.org, and we'll be back next week.